702. The Africa Report with Crystal Odison. Yes, indeed. It is a Wednesday and it means it's time for our Africa Report conversation. And it's brought to you by South African Airways. Crystal Odison, always a pleasure to catch up with you. Here we go. Um, clock ticking, of course, uh, for what uh, the much in anticipated election that's going to be taking place at the beginning of August. This is in Kenya, yeah? Yes. Um, I thought it's important because, you know, Kenya is the biggest economy in East Africa. And it's, of course, I have covered um, elections there extensively. So, of course, I have fear of missing out because I'm not going to be there. Um, but I think it's interesting, you know, it's the campaign trail is really in high gear now. Um, Martha Kurunga and Raila Odinga, you know, they're leading in terms of these um, different opinion polls. But, of course, there's William Ruto, who's 55. You know, his campaign is based on being a hustler you know he's not from the political elite um he comes from you know kind of um sort of a province or an area that's not been that's been marginalized he represents a community that's been marginalized is so he, he a serious contender or a spoiler is, uh, no no he's a serious contender no there's 46 others bongani they are spoilers <laughs> um so ruto you know is a contender because he's been in power in fact he's the number two now but he had a fallout with um kenyatta so you know kenyan politics you love one day the next day you fall out but i think what's interesting is of course that ruto he came out very strongly to say that he believes in the democratic process of the country and he doesn't believe the election will be stolen. Of course, he was taken to the ICC in 2007 after that election, which I covered. Um, and so he's saying, look, you know, that's in the past. You know, we're going to have a free and fair election. And we know, of course, that Raila Odinga, in a very unusual move, also questioned the 2017 election. And that ended up going to the Supreme Court. And they, in the first time in the country's history, and I think for a lot of African countries, the election was annulled and it had to be rerun. So it is a high-stakes election because, of course, Raila Odinga is not a young man. He's already 77. Ruto is 55. Um, and, you know, it's just it's a... You know, Odinga has always been, you know, a kind of socialist leader. So he's promising um, subsidies to the poor. He's promising, you know, radical land reform, subsidies to farmers. So, you know, you make a lot of promises at a time where Kenya is also struggling, high food costs, um, inflation. People are struggling just like we're doing here. I mean, it's the same story. So I think it's a bit dangerous if you make all these promises at a time where you may not be able to actually do anything. Is there a clear front runner weeks away? Absolutely. It's Raila Odinga and Martha Kurua simply because they're a political force. I mean, Martha has been around the political bloc. She also, of course, is the first woman candidate for that number two position. So together, a formidable team, but each one have their own political constituency, which they are crisscrossing around the country. Ruto is second place, but I don't think his campaign is as strong as Odinga. Talking of elections, let's go a little further, not quite north, but same area more or less in the neighborhood, certainly East Africa, right? Rwanda. Paul Kagame has been in power there, what, since 1994. He's got a chance for a fourth term. Will he take it? Well, um, you know, it's the leader we love to talk about simply because Paul Kagame has brought about, you know, sort of radical change in the country. And it's this whole notion of a benevolent dictator because it's development before democracy in a nutshell. Do you, because I can see how people in more democratic countries may be dismissive of that notion, 
but we also know the kind of vacuum that can emerge once you remove a strongman leader and boy oh boy they don't come much stronger than Paul Kagame. Absolutely. And so, interestingly enough, Pongani, so he had an interview with France 24. Of course, we know historically France and Rwanda's relationship has not been good. So, I found it interesting that he chose that particular media platform to say that. And when he was asked, he basically said he would consider running for another 20 years. He said he had no problem with it because ultimately the elections are about choosing. So, that's his exact word. So, basically, he's setting the agenda to say, I'm still available. I'm six. I'm young. We see what the democratic gains or not the, the economic gains have been for Rwanda. I'm still here. But the big issue is what you raised, Bongani. So you have this leader. I mean, for most Rwandans, Paul Kagame is the only leader that they've ever known after the genocide. When he goes, what's the kind of political vacuum? You know, he says, look, you know what, he's ready. So interestingly enough, of course, um, one of his biggest critics, the Human Rights Watch, the Central Africa office, you know, said, look, it's very dangerous in Rwanda, we know if you oppose the government, if you criticize what happens to you, look like the former Hotel hey, Rwanda. listen, it can happen to you here in Johannesburg. <laughs> in can, a different way. He can uh, find yes. you. That's what I'm saying. He, can fi- he finds his critics here in Johannesburg. Never mind, in Rwanda. So, you know, so that has created a sense of people don't want to put up their hands or even want to speak out because what will happen to you, whether you're in Cape Town, Nairobi, Johannesburg, they will find you. And I think He'll that's... divert flights to get you. And I think that's unfortunately, you know, the legacy that there's a, the culture of fear. We also know that, you know, media, you get, if you're too critical, an international media outlet, you get, you know, um, you get banned. But, you know, he... You know, he's those that support him say, look, you know, look at our development trajectory. Look, you know, what we're doing. And it's interesting. I spoke to some business people that's based in Uganda and he was saying a lot of Ugandan businessmen and other Africans are moving to Rwanda because you can literally open a business in what, two hours or so. So, you know, so I know there's 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 lots of debate around it. Development or democracy, which would you choose? Development or democracy? Because, of course, I mean, uh, no less than our previous finance minister used to wax lyrical about Rwanda and its efficiencies and how things just get done there. But you look at the the, ah, the democratic regression. Right. Absolutely. So there's a whole school of thought, Bongani, around democracy versus development. Fascinating stuff. As always, Crystal Audison with our Africa Report.